and welcome to another episode of the Pop Collectors Alliance podcast. Episode 119, Wondrous Con and E-C-C-C-C, question mark. I'm your host, Rick, as always, joined by my co-bearded co-host, Captain Stronger, Mr. Piper. It is a Monday evening, and I think we're like at week six or seven in a row. How are we doing this evening? I think, yeah, I think we're at seven in a row. We're doing good job. Congratulations to us. Yeah, people, uh, somebody reached out to me and was like, oh, wow, seven episodes in a row. So uh, it looks like you guys are really doing something for once. So that was nice to hear and get that feedback. And it's so it, it's just kind of interesting because up until this point, we have had a lot of people that would regularly message us and be like, hey, when you guys do and talk again, and then we were like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. And then it just it never happened. And now it's like this flood of people like, oh, yeah, new episode. I want to talk about it. Yeah, it's it's good to get back into the rhythm. And I, I think that one of the things that's been different this time is I haven't really had the urge to not do it. I think I'm way more motivated than ever to to cover it. One, it's, there's been a lot of stuff in the news, so it makes it a lot easier. And two, it's just it feels good to be back in the saddle. Right. I agree. hundred percent. So this week, we're going to talk about Emerald City Comic Con. We'll get into that shortly. We're going to talk a little bit about Funko and throwing $36 million potentially of product away just for a little bit longer, just to open it. And then we're going to get over to Wondrous Con. There's WonderCon happening on the 24th through the 26th of March. And we want to go over some of the exclusives, uh, theoreticize, I think I got that word right, on uh, what this means for the future because of the decisions that Funko is making and how that ties back to some of their strategy on making sure they're getting everything right. So without further ado, we'll talk about, is it really anything to talk about Emerald City Comic Con? I don't know because Funko forgot to show up. That was, that was somebody erased that off their corporate calendar on accident one day and then they were, they were just like, oh wait. Today's a convention. We probably should have made some stuff or talked about it or, or done anything in support of the one that's like right next to us in the same state. I thought this was very interesting. One, from the standpoint that what drove the decision, and I get WonderCon is stacked up against where Emerald City Comic Con was, but it's just to me, there's a presence there, right? At WonderCon. Uh, two, they're doing a lottery again, and uh, we'll get into that later. But what does that mean for Funko in a convention that seemingly was like their number one easiest place to go? No travel. People can literally drive down to the con to support it every day. And, and what drove that decision? Because I think at the end of the day, the only thing that was sold there was that Crusaderette, which is the Crusader and Crusaderette are tied to Emerald City Comic Con historically. But that's the only thing you're walking away of, with because I think the LE was 3000 on that. And could it have been a financial decision? Did they not have enough product? Uh, what do you think, Piper? They threw all of it away, so they didn't have anything to bring to the convention. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's, uh, it, it is a bit strange. And, I mean, every convention, like you talk about the Crusaderette, every convention has their mascot. Well, like WonderCon, it just looks like it's a tornado, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, New York, you have, they have always done like the pizza rat and then they've been doing, well, I get, they've done that for a couple years and then what they were in the, the 
and then I think that was it, right? Was it was it just like no a, the San Diego has the two can the two can yeah 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 there you go uh so I don't know it's okay and I, I personally like it just because it's something that's a little more obscure and it's like advertising related I tend to like a lot of the ad icon stuff but I find it very odd that you know is this a message to you know does re does so Re- ReadPop doesn't do WonderCon, right? No, ReadPop does Emerald City Comic Con and New York City. And do they do San Diego as well? Or is that somebody else? No, San Diego is their own entity, which also does San Diego and WonderCon. So they're both. So, okay. So maybe I was going to say, if that worked out that way, then maybe this is a message to ReadPop being like, hey, you guys are not managing something right. We're not happy with something. Or this is the normal time slot for Emerald City, right? No, that, so what are you talking about? Like, like the, previous the way years, it like happened this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 2019 and before, it's always been this time, right? Yeah, now that you made you know, 2019, that, and then COVID happened and it got all wanky. But yeah, typically it's like the first or second week of March. So I guess they had to make a decision on which one of these conventions did they anticipate was going to be a larger turnout. And they went with that one because they're both pretty close to each other. Yeah, and I think the strategy here too, what surprised me is that if you take everything that Funko sells in their marketing strategy and uh, just lump it all together, right? I would say that the thing that sells the most Funko product are conventions, right? There's free advertisement. It normally comes up with release dates where they're on social media blasting it out and everybody helps distribute that marketing without them having to try for lack of better terms and they get a product lineup that's at the show uh that sells out pretty much every year and then you get a smaller product uh, sorry not smaller but a larger distribution sorry that sells in any retailer that 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 they release those exclusives to i don't know what would drive them because typically and you see with uh wondrous Wondrous Comic Con, that's what they say. But WonderCon, you see that uh, the list of shared exclusives is smaller than what it typically be. Now that convention doesn't have a large footprint, uh, as it would be the smallest of all of the big ones that they have presences. And that you know, Emerald City Comic Con, New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. But again, I would think that it would benefit them, and maybe they just didn't have a lot of exclusives that they could get to the floor in time. I I, I don't know. It would be interesting to see what that true decision was made, but I think from a lot of collectors and I don't even think that Emerald city comic-con even sold out. They had tickets all the way up and through the convention. This drives people to cons, whether you like Funko or not, just the presence of being at a convention will probably get you, I would say anywhere from like three to 5,000 people that come in my opinion, because you see how long the lines are. You see how many people enter those lotteries and it detracts from conventions. And we're seeing that uh, as we'll get to WonderCon, is that right now tickets are still, still available. So, yeah, I mean, and, and it's not just Funko that's they're bringing stuff to shows. that's going to bring people. It's, you look at everything across the board, it kind of weighs into that. And I think that companies have been doing a lot less exclusives. So maybe that is, the, you know, maybe it isn't just Funko that's kind of affecting that. But yeah, normally in the past, Emerald City is always sold out, right? Like every time that we've physically been there, 
they were at least two of the days that were always, you know, Friday and Saturday, unless you buy them in advance, they're going to be sold out. Agree. And I don't, I don't know what it could not be associated with any of the exclusives. It could just be people's Life. pockets and inflation and everything that's going on right now. You know, it's yep. people are saving more and everything's more expensive. So they're just like, I'm not going to make the trip out. I was looking at plane tickets just to come out to um, Fort Worth now. Historically, you know, before COVID and probably through COVID because prices were so low because they're like, please fly. But I could get a ticket from Virginia or Florida for like 300, maybe $400. And every ticket I see now is like 600 bucks. So maybe flights out there, hotels, all that just didn't add up for people. And I would feel sorry for people because leading up to the event, there were some influencers that are like, what are we going to get for Emerald City Comic Con, guys? Oh my goodness, we got a leak, a uh, Crusaderette. And then it's just that's like, it. We, <laughs> we were waiting, but they never came. Nobody they never showed up. Anything. Yeah, and Figpin had a couple of exclusives too that I thought were fairly decent for the event. So, I mean, there are, like you said, other vendors and, and um, companies that were putting out exclusives for Emerald City Comic Con. but maybe there's just not that drive. And I wonder how the rest of the year is going to turn out. Yeah. I mean, I could see Funko starting to limit their con exclusives. I'm thinking that's a smart thing, but I think that that may be a realistic thing going forward. Yeah, I agree there too. And I just hope that because there was just such this, is it, what would you call it a golden age of the days that we were going to cons where you had the con you had a Funko event, you had a Fugitive Toys event, you had all of these things that were going at the conventions and now you don't see any of it. There's no get togethers. I mean, I think there was a, the BIM toy get together last year, but I mean, it's spare pickings. Yeah. And maybe that's just something that people are going to have to warm back up to because like you said, financially it's difficult. So maybe, maybe over the next you know year or two, they will ramp things up back to kind of where they were. And then hopefully it'll stay like that. We don't, we don't have more issues with like not showing up at conventions or forgetting to sell your product to people. <laughs> I just say, I, I just, threw that in there. Yeah. I hope that, that they can figure that out. And I would say for, convention goers if you're not going to have a presence it doesn't hurt by saying hey look we're not gonna and maybe they did maybe i missed it somebody who listens to the show can tell me hey rick you know level set me they already said it on x day but i find that hard to believe because we were out there scouring the interwebs for information and there were influencers that play a pretty big role in funko that were like hey we don't know if Emerald City Comic Con, you know, what is it going to be? When are they going to announce the exclusives? And it never came. So I, I was certain that there was no um, information that was given to say, hey, we're not going to be there. I, You'd think I, that I they would, would say, be open about that and just be like, hey, everyone. Or maybe they, maybe Emerald City asked them not to. Maybe Repop was like, hey, don't say anything because maybe it was going to drastically <laughs> you affect sales that? of tickets. Yeah, could you please just not mention it? Let's get everybody on the train of thinking that you're coming into the last minute. Um, not a great marketing technique. And you just send uh, out one s- single tweet and then don't ever talk <laughs> about it again. 
you sent it out like March 2nd or whatever the day was before the show at 11.59 p.m. Like, right. hey, guys, uh, sorry. Sucks for them. Yeah, so uh, I did want to talk a little bit about the go back to where we were last week with Funko getting rid of product. I think that we've seen the information get out there and we kind of like covered it from the perspective of you don't know what you don't know, but this is why companies do things. And I actually went back again and read the notes from the uh, investors call and where, you know, they didn't really have a lot of beef in the first part where, you know, Brian talks and everybody talks the the board members talk on the phone and they, they opened it up for Q and a, and that's where they kind of spilled the beans on the 30 to $36 million of product. But one of the things that we didn't talk about last week that I just wanted to briefly mention here is costs that are associated with carrying an abundance of inventory and what's that, what's that mean? And one of the things I, I, I was thinking about was and what they mentioned in the call is that they had at their distribution center, what are those things called? The, I want to call them connexes, but they're like the tractor and trailer, uh, the, the little things that go on the back of a tractor and trailer. Oh, you're talking like the big metal things, like the storage containers? Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. had tons of those outside the facility, and they were having to pay uh, X amount of millions of dollars to just keep the inventory and hold the inventory for month to month. Was it like a hundred and a hundred million for the year or something like that? It was something, some, some, something astronomical. Like way more than the product was worth. Yeah. And that's what happened. It sort of drove the, that cost when you, when the price to store it makes the product non-valuable to distribute. And that was one of the things that played the role in making that final decision of what's the dollar value that's associated with it. I think a lot of times when they talk about product and things that they're going to get out there or, or throw away, one of the things that you got to play into it is like, I would like to know what those things are because let's say they're going to throw out what, what would be something good to throw out? Give an example. Pennywise pops because there's too many of them. Okay. So Pennywise, they select one of the Pennywise pops and that's the one that goes out and let's say, they made 75,000 units of that total, and then they only sell like 7,000 of them. Now you have an LE without having an LE, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like <laughs> the product is gone. So, I mean, I can see that being good and bad for the, for the secondary market because like, okay, let's flip that and be like, okay, let's say it was a, let's say it's a, an anime pop, right? From a really popular series and there's just like one specific pop that just like does not do well they destroy it and then they let everybody know hey oh yeah by the way this is what we destroyed well then if you look at like speculation that could affect everything else from that set being like oh this was unpopular well i guess nobody likes this anymore so i'm not going to buy any future ones that they come out with so i mean there's there's some danger to that so i get why they may wanted to keep that quiet but yeah, at the same time, it'd be kind of cool to know like, okay, here's the things. And now you're not going to be able to get these things anymore. So you better run and uh, go buy them now. If we see something in the near future that says, Hey, these, all, all these items are vaulted. I think that that would comprise the list of what's out there. I mean, I think Funko verse and the games we had talked about those because they had the pictures of them at a, at a dump. I, I also think that 
some of the product that didn't sell as well along the lines of big licenses where they produce a lot of them, like Marvel things, things along those lines, uh, th- where they may sell, they could have gotten production numbers off for demand and you lose some of those things. And I'm not trying to speculate and put it out there, but certainly I think that in the future it would drive their decision more. But to the point of expanding on that just a little bit further, it's as a company, one of the things that I would say is oh, make more limited items. Well, you can't really do that to scale because if I put LE 3000 or LE 5000, I think they've kind of bundled that up into their NFT marketplace, but there's not really a lot of opportunities in the wider span of Funko products to limit production that would align with your strategy to grow the brand. Right. I, I don't think that those two line up. It's like, self-conflicting interests now at this point with where Funko wants to be versus where uh, that exclusivity allows them to be. Yeah, it's they're never going to be what they were and you have to prepare yourself for the new norm. Yeah, and one of the things that I think it's more abundant now out in the groups and reddits and wherever people are talking discords out there, wherever I've heard a lot more beanie babies talk in the last three weeks than I ever think. Which is like, people, they, that's, that's the immediate reaction and people don't seem to understand how very, very different you have Funko versus what TY was and is there's, you're never going to have that direct correlation between the two experiences of these companies, no matter how dire things happen with Funko. It's just not, it's, it's, it's impossible to be there. And I think that's, that's an automatic reaction that people have to try to try and irritate people. First of all, I think, I think more than anything, it's just, I'm going to piss off this group and talk about this because most of the people in the group are intelligent enough to be like, no, yeah, this, that's not true at all. But this person, they don't know what they're talking about. We need to, we need to fist fight in the alley now. I think that people tend to go into groups and throw that Molotov cocktail in there just to stir up. And then they leave. And yeah, exactly. Or they get kicked out immediately, but you can't compare the two because of the licensing. Like TY never had licensing. They, They may had some but it wasn't to the level that what funko had well and the and licensing with them products. didn't start the licensing with them didn't start until they were like hemorrhaging money and nobody wanted their product so then they went and licensed things but not in the right way it was uh, like and funko funko is a licensing company first and foremost before they even are a manufacturer of anything like they hold so many licenses to so many different products and they have so many different agreements with you know ip holders and stuff like that that it's just it, even if there's no more pop collectors anymore, you're still going to have people that are like star Wars collectors that are still going to be interested in that thing because, Oh, it's a star Wars thing. And I, I like everything star Wars. And especially if Funko stops making them all together, like let's say the worst case scenario, doomsday Funko's like, we're done. Close our doors. This stuff's not being made anymore in five years. You're going to get people that are fans of insert, you know fandom here and they're gonna find these at like a garage sale or something and be like oh these are really cool and they're still gonna want them or like they'll find them in overstock places or or whatever so i mean there's i i think that there's there's longevity past the you know two-week-old corpse that potentially could maybe one day happen uh, you're, you're still got people that want the stuff man 
Certainly. And I think one of the things that I saw, and I wish I could find it again, but someone had put out there the top brand sellers for or IPs that Funko had owned Disney. over the past five, five years. Harry Potter is like always in the top three, which is just crazy to me because they don't release the amount of product for Harry Potter as they once did. And Funko, I don't know if it was a summarization of what those licenses were, but it's just like you said, like Star Wars each year. Disney companies go up and down on that list of demand, but one is consistent is like Harry Potter and to hold the licenses that they do. And even from the standpoint of what they've been able to gain as licenses through the years, I mean, just having, you know, Marvel and and people that have lifetime licenses with other companies and producers and to be able to accommodate that through bobbleheads or unique ways of incorporating those licenses. Uh, they've been able to do a great job, and I always think that that department in Funko is the strongest department, but also the most robust, right? Because they're always out there trying to get these one-off licenses, and while they may not hold them in perpetuity, but they they certainly know how to go out and get a license if they have to, which is very unique and and powerful uh, in this day and age for collectability. Yeah, I agree. They're do they're and, doing it. There'll always be, like you said, a product that comes along. And I think that's what hurt them over the last three years, too, that they're not really talking about a lot is that while there were new Netflix shows and there were things that were coming out, we didn't have the in theater, like the big movies, yeah, other yeah. than maybe five or six a year. So that hurt them, too. And I think they're trying to climb out of that rubble as well. And that probably is a good reason of why they are going back to all these like licenses that they've had backstocked that like maybe they haven't put a ton of things out for in the past but now there's not a lot of new stuff coming out like even even talking about tv like you look at like new hit tv shows you don't really have that anymore where when funko was like at their peak you had lots and lots of different very successful ultra popular tv shows running there's a lot of movies and stuff coming out I mean, now a lot of, you know, you look at new Funko stuff and a lot of it is either comic book related or it's anime. Uh, and then they'll throw in other things here and there from like their, their kind of standard lines, but there has been a ton of that come out. So I mean, it makes sense because those are industries that kind of push forward and can function without being like, you know, comic book, you know, you know, comic book studio, you can operate completely remote and just have like one you know you have your printer that has to print all your stuff out or do it digital i mean so they can continue working and, and getting things out when maybe like a movie studio has to shut down that's a great point and i think one of the things that you'll see as we almost transition over to WonderCon is historically when you see these convention exclusives there's like three or four new properties and i think there was only one pop that was from a new property and that was the Ant-Man movie from this year uh, that they had incorporated in the line. Pretty much everything else is uh, an existing license that they have or um, older going back Bugs Life, you know, Lotso with uh, the anniversary and the, you know, Bugs Bunny and things like that. That There wasn't anything that was from a true new license. So uh, you're seeing that prevalent in that industry today because of that like how do we strategize in the future and to your point also piper i think that's one of the things that they have to think about with licenses that's why we see things like batman animated series is not going vaulted because you don't know when you have to go back and like sort of pick your bread and butter and say 
okay, we're going to do new line of this. We know that it sells. And then it's maybe a strategy on their part to say, okay, well, right now we know we haven't vaulted and I'm doing that in quotation marks, this item, it's worth like 30 or 40 bucks because we haven't released it in three years. Hey, if we redistribute it to a certain amount, let's say they limit it to 10,000 units, that's 10,000 units we'll know we'll be able to sell right away because we're sort of opening the buckets again on those items. So it's unique to see. I mean, and at least the, when they are revisiting these lines, they're doing stuff that is like, at least like Hercules, right? Like that's a fun one that they did that for, for WonderCon. And it's not just rehashing another mold. At least it's somewhat different or like going back to the like comic stuff or like even the D and D one, like the, the, the games, the, the shared exclusive game stuff, the gelatinous cube, they've already done one gelatinous cube, but this one is different enough that you're like, Oh, I want to have both of these because I love jelly men with skulls in their face. Yeah. It's pretty crazy that they're releasing the, uh, NFTs pretty much at the same time. So, uh, making it hard on you, man. They, they finally talked about that. So if you're listening to this episode now, we'll take two minutes for this, but if you're listening to this episode on Tuesday before it releases tomorrow, Funko does release their Dungeons and Dragons set with their LE uh, items that, that were pretty incredible and a small release amount. I think it's going to sell out right away. We talked about that a little bit last week, but Piper, are you going to try and get in for this one? I, I got to assume oh, so. Man, I was thinking about it. I want to, but this might be a set where some of the pieces are pretty cheap because yeah, they, they are limited packs, but maybe there's not enough people to really care about it. And you're just going to get people trying to like super undercut everybody at the beginning, just trying to sell packs, you know? So maybe, maybe I'll go them off the, off of atomic hub or maybe a, I don't know. I'm still debating on it. I got 12 hours to figure it out. <laughs> I think I'm going to go in and try to get in line in like three or four lines and see how it goes. I'm I'm definitely going to buy a couple of these packs because I do think that just the the design work that goes into all of the Dungeons and Dragons alone is on a higher level of what you typically see. That's why I like Game of Thrones and things like that. When you get the dragons and certain characters, yeah. you get like this level of detail that you don't get in typical pop. So I'm going to try for a couple, but I, I don't know if they're going to sell out right away. I know standard packs will be gone in like seven minutes. So if you're not within seven minutes, you're you're not going to get a standard pack. Yeah, I think that's the number we guessed last time. So we figured eight minutes and there'll be a sellout. Now let's see tomorrow. Uh, so if you haven't and have collectively put your head in the sand for the last 10 days, uh, they release and, and check it out. Go to drop with triple P I O and uh, get in line for the drop and partake in your first Funko NFT experience. And that's tomorrow at 11 Pacific. All right, now transitioning over to Wondrous Con and the Funko lineup for 2023. One of the things I wanted to hit on first is something that's noticeably different. Now, this is a smaller show, and I'd mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, but it seems like the shared exclusive pieces are very limited, few and far between this time. And maybe something I want to discuss about right off the bat is like Funko's strategy now. I know that they talked about retaining some of the IPs or shared exclusives. And you can see that there's a split in distribution between what they're getting. So let's say Hercules in this case, that's going to Walmart, what Funko keeps and retains. And this doesn't specifically apply to conventions, but 
where Funko will distribute it on their site with their Funko sticker and then it'll be in Walmart as well. Do you think this is a long-term strategy for them? Do you think that when San Diego comes, we'll see this abundant number that's three times as large as any other exclusives that are distributed and Funko's kind of holding on to that because they have higher margins at cons? I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I've been opposed to this since they started doing it where they'll be like a hot topic exclusive and then they'll, they'll put up on the Funko shop. That really kind of bothered me. And it would, if I imagine if I was, I was a, a retailer that had an exclusive, especially a smaller one, like, you know, uh, like sure thing toys or something like that. Like they've had, they had a resident evil, not resident evil, um, Tokyo ghoul re, um, like they had an exclusive, it was a golden dark exclusive, but Funko also sold the same thing on their site. If I was that, if I was that retailer that we had put so much money into getting to the point where we can actually get an exclusive just for Funko to be like, Oh yeah, by the way, half of the stock is going to us <laughs> and we're going to sell it on our own website. So you're losing on like half of the potential profits and stuff like, Oh, that would, that would just make me so sick. And it would make me so mad. Well, it's kind of disheartening, right? It's like, Hey, yeah, it's like, why of- would I even want to do this? <laughs> Yeah, a lot of distributors and people that purchase their product in bulk, a big reason is to get people in the stores to buy those certain things. I had long thought that when they implemented this strategy where they're going to split distribution between Funko and specific retailers and other distributors, like say Entertainment Earth, who buys a lot and redistributes that out to people, you know, us being one of them, I think one of the things that they could really do and leverage when we talk about limited and exclusivity is when they come out with these items for retailers and let's say mid-grade retailers from, they could do a variant of each one of these and have an LE number that's associated with it that you can only pick up in stores. So you'll have two variants, uh, so to speak on any given exclusive and, you know, have it at retailers LE 5,000 and then the Funko piece is split like a metallic, for example, or a, f- a fluffy, what do they call them? I can't even think of it flocked. right now. The flocked, yeah, the flocked version uh, there. I just don't think they're sort of, by splitting this up, you're cutting the legs out from under all of your retailers because how many people really hunt in stores anymore? And plus Walmart's like putting theft protectant things and destroying boxes on stuff now you wonder why stuff's still on the shelf there oh putting the the spider wraps on like pops and stuff like that yeah that yeah. just it, that's so oh it makes my stomach turn every time i see it and they're like oh this is at one point was an expensive pop they did that with the the michael jordan upper deck exclusive that walmart's got like they started spider well granted they were selling the pop for 30 dollars, but then then they were spider wrapping that thing and it's just like ooh. ooh. You just ruined yeah. it. Nobody's going to buy it. And then most of them didn't. They just sat on the shelf for a year because nobody wanted a damaged box that has all these like bed marks on it. Yeah. And I think that they, they're just, I mean, regardless of what retailers are doing, I don't think Funko's like maximizing the potential that they could to drive people into stores and to create craze and, and things like that for their product lines. I think it's just, again, it's probably that we have shareholders and we've got to, just push everything to scale all at once. You know, it's just crazy. So, oh, well. So Wondrous Con this year, we always love to cover conventions and exclusives that are associated with the conventions from the standpoint of a collector. What is going to 
what what do you like the most? And me and Piper do that. What do you think is going to sell the best? What's the most collectible? What'll be worth the most? And ultimately, what's the worst? And what's our overall grade? So we'll we'll go uh, right into that. And this year, the lineup for WonderCon is, I would say, on par with what they the amount of pop that they normally put out. Maybe a little more robust, right? I think the LA Comic Con is kind of the convention where they have a presence where it has this, the smallest number of exclusives. But this like is kind of exclusives. middle of the line. Yeah, two or three. But those are typically are pretty good. I think that um. The Harry Potter is like $600 from that convention. Is it? Yeah, look it up. It's it's a Harry Potter from LA Comic-Con and I think I think LA Comic-Con was the convention it was in, but it's like $600. That's wild. I don't even like Harry Potter that much. Uh, how dare you, sir? I mean, it's fine. You know, I've I've seen the first two movies. That's I'm shaking that's, my head right now. That's the extent of my Harry Potter experience not that i don't like it or anything like that like i watched the first they're fine my wife has read all the books and my kids read them now so i mean like they like it it's just not my thing i'm gonna go and convert your kid to the biggest potter head in the fine. world she can she's a lot <laughs> she keeps talking about oh i want to watch the movies and i'm like okay well we will we just need to sit down i mean i'm not opposed to watching them i just never was like really into that fandom like it's I like wizardy stuff. I like magic. I like all that good stuff. But it's, it's just Harry Potter never like grabbed me. And and I know the movies are good. I know the books are good. I just haven't done it, man. I know we're rabbit holing a bit um, because of that Harry Potter. Did you look it up? But I'll no. I'll <laughs> thanks for that. What do you want me to look I it think, up? W- yeah, look it up and and see which one it was. The valuable Harry Potter. But I, while you're saying that, one of the things. Sorry for everybody listening. I'm rabbit holing right now, but. One of the things that I would love that they would do, uh, Funko or any collector for that that has licenses like these, that if they would go and focus on the book character sometimes, because you don't ever see that a lot. Like the the characters that aren't in the movies, but like people who have read the books of Harry Potter, you know, Peeves, if everyone who's listening that knows. Is that what you refer to yourself as a Peeve? A Peeves is a, it's a poltergeist. It's a ghost in Harry Potter that, creates mischief throughout and he's in every single book but he didn't get put into the movies and he he's actually funny which is crazy to me that he wouldn't be included in the movies and i think that's one of the things from the books that people would have liked to have seen in the movies but doing a character like that you would definitely sell a lot of pop uh so uh, uh, so we refer to them as a, a peevis is what you said uh peevis we'll go uh, with that you dirty <laughs> you dirty peevis i can't find it i said harry potter most expensive most of expensivest oh it's it's listing my newest high to low value and then it was like hey you gotta log in to see that information oh don't worry about it then okay but that, so that, that, okay i see what you're talking about it's but it's not just a harry potter pop it is harry potter with the a backpack honey dukes mini backpack yeah. Uh, this was at, yeah, it was LA Comic-Con and it was also, looks like it was released at Wizarding World as well. So that's like the, is that a uh, universal? Uh, I don't know if it, it could have been there. Uh, Harry Potter it says Wizarding it on World. Here. It, well, that it, just says relating it, subjects. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah, LA Comic-Con. Yeah. That's where it came out. Yeah. So with that being said, we'll go right into this one. Um, let's, let's throw it out. Let's not go with what our favorite is. What do you think the most valuable item from this convention will be well based on that it's going to be the 
the power line <laughs> I didn't with the backpack. It. Yeah. That's what it is. Like you just, if I had not have seen that, which I know that they've always, uh, I have the first to market Snow White with the the Evil Queen backpack with the holographic mirror on it and stuff. That, like, that is I, so awesome. Yeah, that's those. It's like two hundred and something dollars. The backpack's worth way more than the pop is, but it's just because they are first to market nonsense. Um, so outside of that, um, my natural instinct would be to say the uh and i don't know because emerald city the gelatinous cube is a hundred dollars so that's a big one but i think i think harry potter as john wayne gacy would probably be (laughs) i think that would probably be the winner because it's the only thing that's numbered that's the one we focused on was like the we we saw it and you know you're a a big freddy funko character you know collector in general but yeah it did now that you say john wayne gacy that i think that takes the cake on that one it's definitely i was like creeper in a van clown harry potter yeah. uh, i mean harry potter freddy funko whatever but it's certainly gonna be um i i would say for a single pop yeah if you lump the backpack and the pop together it, it's it's a coin flip on that because the harry potters were so much and then the Snow White one isn't as worth as much, but I think your safest bet is that if you're at the show, because it's the show only item, is the John Wayne Gacy. Freddy Funko. <laughs> Freddy Funko. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. Complete thought... with bodies located in the floor of the, the plastic insert. Hold on, hold on. I have, an, I have a question about this. This is interesting. Okay. I, I'm, the list we're looking at, when was this published? That's what I need to know. When was when was this article published? Because we're looking, we're using cardboard connection as the uh, our reference point. It just says twenty twenty. Okay, so here, because here's the thing. Okay, so they have the gelatinous cube listed as a show only exclusive, but some have been seen at GameStops with a shared sticker. But is it glow in the dark? Because you have the GameStop, but which it had is a, a convention exclusive. It had a convention exclusive shared sticker on it, though. But, but wait the, a second. There's yeah. two gelatinous cubes. Is there? There's oh, a I do. Okay. And I see. I didn't see. I yeah. didn't see okay. at the bottom. All right. Cool. There we go. I'm a good, I'm good reader, kids. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Even especially if it's a picture. But I no. Well, the, the, shut up. I, I didn't see my like my like microphone cable was like right in front of that, and I didn't look. I didn't bother looking around it. No, but I think that those two in general will be higher priced items. I think the goal in the dark, I like that. Uh, and they went with two on this one. I think that that's going to be worth more than the GameStop, but you know, if GameStop goes out of business <laughs> to get rid of their stuff, it may be worth more, but I I'd certainly think that your show only here. And then power line is one of those things. Some of those power lines are worth money, uh, but the, and it's a diamond version with a glow in the dark backpack. Sorry. I know that there's a lot of people that really like that movie. I hated it growing up. Like, I guess I was, I mean, it wasn't when I was growing up. I was a little bit older when it came out, but I never liked it. And I don't understand like the, the love for it. So my natural response is going to be that those are going to be expensive just because there's people that are crazy for it. Agree. And it's very niche there too, but Every, I just don't know how many they're going to do and being on the Funko shop, you know, Funko.com, you can get it from Funko shop. 
I'm interested to see. I, I don't. I wish they. They will like, be limited though, because almost every single one of those Loungefly convention exclusive bags have been limited to like 500 items or something. Yeah, I mean, there were a few that they did not have like hard numbers on. I mean, they probably were. I mean, every convention piece is technically limited, right? They only had so many there. <laughs> they're not. Gonna, yeah, that's oh. what I wanted to say. Like, I wish they came with a production run number on all of these of how many we put out there. Yeah, one's like a hundred thousand. Didn't we see that a long time ago? I forget what pop it was, and they like yeah. sold like a a hundred thousand of those pops. And you're like, what? Wait a oh, second. Oh, it was Grogu. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. It's the crazy. Yeah, the child. Um, yeah. So I think that's pretty. There's that's those that's probably the safe bet. Is like everything out of this. Now, if we were to separate that out and say, okay, which store exclusive? is going to be more there's just not like all the ones that are all the ones that are like not funko shop are not that good like we'll we'll be honest about that like everything that everybody wants is at funko shop and then there's the two show only ones but i mean if you were to like take it okay so let's talk just shared exclusives so including funko shop i think that one could be um the other one i think will be an expensive one is um, the uh, was it Truffle Law? Another another pirate boy on a boat. I think there is a very good chance that that is going to be also very expensive. That's the guy with the mushroom thing on his head, right? Truffle Law, I believe, is his name. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting name. But I do think some of the times those rides, they just they get it. They they increase in value. Um, I always like the. Uh, you gotta take into account the chases that come with the sodas. So it's two flock chases for Bugs Bunny, and um, what's his name? Snagglepuss. Oh, oh I thought that was somebody. Pink Panther. Yeah. So you have Snagglepuss, but he's twenty five hundred le with a chase. So if that's one in six, do the math. It's like four hundred of them LE. Yeah. And then the other two, even uh, Valkyrie has a glow in the dark chase. So those and the the soda as well. So it's hard to say on those. Sometimes like wasn't Red Hulk, isn't he like super expensive, the three liter soda, you know? Uh chase. So the, the chases, it's like a two hundred and ninety to like two hundred something dollars is what I've seen them go for. Like all of the all the three liter chases are very expensive, even like the Wampa. But I think all the three liters have been, they've been shared exclusive. They haven't done any like three liters that are just like, oh, we released this at, you know, FYE. And it's not, it's not related to a convention. It's just like one of their exclusives or like a hot top exclusive. They haven't done that with a three liter. And I think that's why they've held such high value. Agree. And this too, a lot of times you never can project where the sodas are. So I would say chases, could hold the most value at the convention. I just don't think that there's a huge demand for the evil queen uh, out there. So holding the apple is kind of cool. But again, I may buy all these and maybe we'll do something with patrons, patreon.com slash pop collectors Alliance, where we open it and give something away. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like a chase or something. So interesting to see there. So, all right, that's the most expensive. Let's go with um, what did you like the most? I think it's easy for you. I mean, I like the Freddy, 
and then the gelatinous cube. Those are going to be mine too. Like, and I, even the baseball Freddy, I like. I wouldn't put him up there as like one of my favorites, but it's it's cool. It's a Freddy, so I, I'll get that. But yeah, I think I think those two are going to be the the easy winners for me. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to guess mine on this one. It's pretty unique, and I didn't really love the movie as a kid, but I think it's still cool to go back and, and Bugs Life. It. Yeah, there you go. Is so it really? I was, yeah, it was either Velasco or Bugs Life. I really like that, the design on this one. So I, I think that that's my favorite. Uh, I, like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it is a deluxe. And it, little it, do you know, it, it's 18 inches tall. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't even got it yet. It's like, it's a 36 inch pop. You don't know that it's the until you. Largest get it. pop we've ever, we've ever made. Sorry, guys. Uh, this is what you get. Yep. Uh, watch. There's another one that's limited in here too. What is the Moon Knight, the talking hippo person, Egyptian hippo? Oh yeah, it's is three thousand pieces. Yeah, there's a couple. Hedwig is three thousand pieces as well. Um, and oh, then okay, I didn't know that. I didn't do. I didn't do as much. You didn't do the research. You there you go. The Lotso so. is along the lines of everything else. It's like the Batman. There's 25,000 pieces of that as well. So there's some exclusivity. Oh, that's number two? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just oh. like the Batman, right? So, oh, yeah. It's the, um, whatever the... 25th the anniversary. One. Yeah. Yeah, the vault ones. So I, I think that I, I don't... I was going to transition right into my least favorite piece, even though it's limited. It's that hippo. It's like... What? I don't watch the show, so I'm sorry to, for anyone that likes the show. Maybe this character is like super popular and they mm-hmm. did 3,000 pieces of it, but that's my least favorite. What's your least favorite? Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily have a least favorite. Maybe like Yeah, no. I mean, I think they're everything's fine. Uh, is like it it goes from fine to good is the spectrum for this convention. I don't think there's anything bad. I think doing the hippo, that is a more obscure character. I mean, it's not obscure if you've watched the show, but to like, it's not a recognizable character. It's not like if you had like Thanos, right? Where you're going to be like, oh, I know who that character is. Yeah. Like I don't know Marvel, but I know who that is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I get, they like to give back to like the niche, like collectors or like the niche fans of things. So, I mean, that's fine. I, I don't like okay so I like the comic covers you know because they look really cool especially as like decoration pieces I think doing it as a con exclusive I mean for the people that collect those now they're gonna have to get it so they're it's a guarantee they're gonna sell it out but then again it's at Target so they're gonna make a billion of them so I don't know <laughs> I, I 1. think that they've, 7 they, billion. they've been pushing all these like more like display piece ones like you know like the like all the different album covers and the dvd covers and the movie posters and stuff like that and that's all well and good but i don't i don't like that idea as a a convention one like if, if you're gonna release the target stick it in with like all the other target con stuff and I, and I think that that would be fine um so yeah i think i'm gonna go with that one as my least favorite just because like it's not I mean, the pop itself is really cool, but like, as far as like, is that a smart thing? I would probably say no. Okay. I do think, and I agree with your assessment when you say that there's everything that's like good to 
okay. Nothing like yeah. super great. Like, but it is a solid lineup for a convention of this caliber. Yeah. I don't think they they did anything wrong. They were very safe, right? I think the mix up that I want to say is like the craziest thing that they threw in there was the pop Pez. Like out of nowhere, we get more Pez. It's just like, hey guys, uh, Pez is back. And it's a superhero Freddy, the Make-A-Wish Freddy, which is also kind of interesting that they went with that and then not just like any other version of Freddy. Yeah, I think that was an interesting choice. And I also think that one of the things that I would like to see them do since they're reaching down in their collective sack to pull out items that they could have uh you know done away with i would like to see a dorbs exclusive for oh <laughs> they've already said those aren't coming back yeah no uh, just just Left one time i do think that a unique item is that batman poison ivy i think the detail and design on that is pretty pretty epic i'm looking to see what that looks like in person to see if they really nailed it but because sometimes with those the pop where they have things that are on, you know, not really supportive. Like the vines would be on the little right. Venus fly traps. Like the, how's that going to work out? How's it going to work out? How's it going to look? Don't take they, it out of the box or they're going to break. <laughs> you put it on the shelf and it snaps. Yeah, right exactly. All right. Know. What's going to sit on shelves longer than anything else here? Oh man. Um, the, the group probably. Man, we're on the we're we're just swimming in the same lane here. I agree. Dude, I was gonna go with Funko Groot. always, 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 because it's the same thing with like Grogu, and you get the Groot and Bob Ross, and there is certain characters that Funko has this just dire obsession with, and they will overproduce it to death. And I think that the Groot is probably it's probably gonna be that thing that you're gonna be able to find literally forever yeah and i wonder too with this because sometimes they do that weird thing where they'll take something from a movie that is kind of recent but not recent this is guardians yeah. of the galaxy volume two memorable scene but but again it's just like where did this come from was this something that they've had that they've been waiting to deliver and they just decided to throw a convention exclusive sticker on it and i wonder if they do that you know if that's strategy well like Oh, well, we got this. This was delayed 18 months, so now we're going to throw a WonderCon sticker on it. Well, I imagine that makes sense. Like, you think at the beginning of the year, you're like, okay, let's come up, let's plan out all of our exclusives that we're going to do, and then we can distribute some of them to, like, the retailers, and then we'll hang on to all the rest of them for cons. And then when the convention comes up, and then maybe a new design you guys come up with, and it, like, trumps a another design so you have to shelve it for the next year so they probably have a backstock or maybe the designers are just constantly coming up with ideas to submit to the you know copyright holder and be like hey can we make this pop and but it, you know it all gets approved you just don't ever produce it until you're ready to produce it so, i mean that that makes sense right that's good business yeah it is i mean i don't think it's bad i, I do though yeah, make up new cookie recipes. Man. Yeah, they probably have like a room full of stickers somewhere. Like, oh, this is our stickers forecast for the next eight years, and we'll just throw these stickers on there. What is the likelihood that you're going to get this Freddy Funko? I don't know because I still haven't, I haven't picked up the uh, Freddy Funko as Macho Man from um, Fun Days last year, and I'm a huge wrestling fan and huge Freddy fan, so it's like. This one's probably going to wait. I'm going to wait on it and I'm going to see at what point does the price tag bottom out on it and then I'll buy it. 
because that's yeah. always how it goes. After like six months after the con, it kind of like people are like, I just got to get rid of these. I, I bought 20 of them. And then they sell them off for like $30 and then it inflates once those aren't available anymore. So I'm, I'll probably get it, but Macho Man Freddy first, and then I will get this, the, the baseball Freddy. That'll be an easy pickup. I'm sure. Agree. I, I think that on day one, we're going to see the eBay flood of these for like 300 bucks. Right. I mean, that's typically what it does. It's just this exorbitant price. And you're just like, wait, 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 wait. Do not get it. But there's always that thought in the back of a collector's head is like, what if that spikes up to $700 in, in no time? And you're like, oh, I'm never getting that one. Nope. All right. So overall grade for this convention, I think you said it the best. It's above average to me, but it's not excellent, right? So I'm going to give it like a B, B minus type grade of saying, hey, they went safe here. There's not a lot of risk and obscure characters that they're trying to get. I do think that it, because this is Cardboard Connection and maybe it's not 100% accurate, if, if they're putting limited pieces that are in Target, maybe they get some traffic that's there with a Moon Knight pop, or maybe that's just the sticker at the con that's limited. Uh, but certainly uh, exclusivity in this convention Lots of opportunities with sodas, a decent Freddy that they're putting out, a Harry Potter that's limited, and then uh, the Loungefly. Loungefly typically does uh, pretty good with the convention sales and things along those lines. So overall, B, B minus for me. Uh, what do you say, Piper? Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. B minus. I mean, it's a strong showing, and there's a lot of things that a lot of people are going to want, but it's not like blow you out of the water amazing. Agree. And I think in closing for this episode, when we project this forward to where we're going for the rest of the year and knowing what happened with ECCC, what do we think, if any, are their impacts to the other shows? So we'll go with the big conventions. We won't mention LA Comic Con or anything like that. So for San Diego, just rapid fire. Fun days, yes or no? Yes. Uh, good fun days, yes or no? Mm, mediocre mediocre okay i, Both, I tend yeah. to agree uh large lineup for comic-con this year or what we're seeing here kind of like mid-grade not a lot of exclusives san diego we will see double this double this yes. um larger presence for funko.com you think uh, opposed to shared retailers no, I mean, it looks like they're missing quite a few shared retailers on here. So I don't, I don't think so. I think you'll still get about the same like percentage split about 50, 50. Okay. And then New York comic con. Uh, hope so. Because if they didn't, I feel like that would be a grave error on their part. Yeah. And do you think that they continue the trend on it? It seems like it's, it may be dead now where they do that setup at a convention that's like Funko area. We're going strictly booth on both of those. No little Funko area where they spin a wheel and give you a proto. Man, I've every convention I've ever been to with Funko. They've never been doing that. Like they'll do it like at like specific events, but like I know in the past they've always had like a like cool kids fun zone area where you can go and like do whatever. And I, I, so I've never experienced that. So, uh, I will say not, not anymore. That is dead. Okay. Let us know yeah. what you guys think. I, I agree with everything that Piper said. Let us know how you guys feel with the convention lineup this year. What does it mean to you that Emerald City Comic Con was DED dead and so much more? So let us know 
Uh, you can hit us up at Pop Alliance Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us direct info at popcollectorsalliance.com. Go to facebook.com slash popcollectorsalliance. Be part of the discussion. Join our group today. And uh, again, uh, talk about our Patreon. Things coming up for that. We're doing monthly giveaways. Lots of the NFTs. I'm ordering them and getting redeemables. So I would consider like as we continue throughout the year, you'll see a lot more in those giveaways that we do for our patrons only. So go to patreon.com slash pop collectors alliance, select the tier that's right for you. Visit our online store at PCAToys.com. Buy everything and anything that you see there uh, in mass amounts of quantities. <laughs> it helps us out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area and you want to visit and see us live and in person, me, uh, I'll be back in that area in the May, June timeframe, but uh, you'll see me at the store a lot more. You can go to 136 South Main Street in Keller, Texas. That is our location. Uh, and and go chat with Piper and the team there. And yep. I think that's all I have this week. Anything before we go, Piper? No, we're just banging it out, man. Getting it getting it done. And I think that went that went superbly. Yes, sir. And uh, we will be bringing back the collector series at the end of this month. I think that we're going to try to get uh, Mike from Talking Pop. We were supposed to record them last week, but that's my fault. Um, but certainly bring back the collector series. And then as we go throughout the year, the creator series. So join us next time. But until then, I'm Rick. And I'm Piper. Good night. It's time for bed, children. Go. I love you. Good night.